Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I'm trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. My aim is to help people overcome mindset challenges. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you can be alerted when new episodes are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. For each of you who utilize Spotify or Apple, thank you so much for taking the time to leave us a quick rating and a review. I absolutely appreciate your support of the podcast. 2024 miniseries continues with the third and final component of this series, Unrealistic Goals and Self-Compassion. What we've done is we've looked at four of the six items that make up the core reasons why humans, at least 90% of them, are unable to achieve their New Year's resolution. We started out in the first part of the series talking about a lack of consistency and lack of prioritization and how these two components can deter us from achieving our resolution. In the second part of the series, we talked about overestimating willpower and the fear of change. Today, we're going to culminate with unrealistic goals and self-compassion. When we're aiming for a New Year's resolution, setting goals that are, I guess you could say, overly ambitious or way outside of our current capability or capacity is creating a stumbling block for us because we're biting off more than we can literally chew. And these objectives that we're setting, you know, they appear to be somewhat inspirational, but because they're so grandiose and such a big emotional and energetic signature for us, especially with not having any behavior right now to support it, they just end up being unrealistic and unachievable. When we look to sort of establish uh, momentum, it's going to be really difficult to gain that momentum. When we look to introduce consistency, it's going to be hard to be consistent because this thing is just so daggum large. And when you have milestones that aren't met as a result of the difficulty or the, I guess you could say, impracticality of it, these kind of goals, they dwindle very, very quickly because they're not composed properly. They're just too much to try to establish right out of the gates with, again, no backdrop that has been laid down in advance of us taking on a goal of this size. Then what happens? We get disappointed. When we get disappointed, a host of other low-level vibrations come in, sadness, anger, stress, and we're just unmotivated then. We have no enthusiasm to even go after it. And guess what happens? We don't hit the goal. When you think about these things, you know, your initial drive that propels you toward these objectives has to be small so you can build momentum. Because when they're large, they break down very quickly and they zap and rob you of the capability to move forward while enjoying the journey. God forbid there are unmet expectations that pop up 
to even demoralize you all the more. But let me tell you, there's some light at the end of this tunnel. There are techniques that we can deploy, fortunately, to address this. And the first thing is we've got to limit the scope. When we're building these goals, we got to keep the goal to a manageable number, to a manageable level, such that we can take it on and have a very good likelihood, a very good chance of completing it. As the story goes, if you want to be consistent and you want to build momentum, you need a win. We want to structure these so we can win. And if that means you've got a 10-part series and trying to do it in single parts, one, two, three, four, five, is too much, then that's totally fine. Then you take each of those parts and break it down again into halves. So you got a 0.5, 1, 1.5, 2. If that's the way you can get momentum, then that's the way you ought to do it. And then you want to make sure also that you are, you know, emotionally connected to whatever it is you're attempting to do for this resolution. Your why for doing this should be larger than you just completing this goal. Your why should undergird and motivate you to stay the course when the toughest of circumstances are present in your life attempting to halt you from your pursuit. When you've got an emotional connection to the goal, it's far easier to stay motivated and committed. Maintain connectivity, strong emotional connectivity with your goal. You should expect for some things to show up that you did not invite. It's just life being doing life in your life. (laughs) I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I've had rock solid plans and life decided to throw me some things that I wasn't prepared for, that I had no foresight of. And instead of getting irritated, upset, and throwing your arms up in the air, you have to be able to adapt. That means you're going to look at this situation and determine, do I need to adjust my goal? What is it that would be required right now for me to get past this issue and get back on track with Completing the steps that are necessary to achieve this resolution. Resolution and goal are interchangeable. When you deploy flexibility in not just the pursuit of a resolution or goal, but in all areas of your life, this is going to allow you to reserve energy that you can use that for operations that are going to help you get that much closer to the completion of a milestone that leads to you either completing your resolution or completing steps that are leading up to the completion of your milestone or just staying faithful to it, one of the three. So be willing to adjust, flex, pivot, and bend. Whatever you got to do, don't have an attitude about it. Just know things are going to come up and make the appropriate adjustments. 
when you see yourself winning, that's the time for you to celebrate. And you should celebrate in a really, really emotional way. Because when you got a win under your belt, that's going to fuel your consistency and it's also going to fuel your motivation to keep on going. When the next stumbling block shows up and you're able to look back at that celebration you had because of the win and the things you had to overcome to achieve that win, it's going to really, really give you some additional get started energy to go forward, to stay in the race, to stay in the fight. Anytime you involve, you know, dopamine reward systems in anything that you're doing, you're going to really find that when you hit a goal and achieve it, and you know that that particular feeling is just around the corner, that too is going to provide additional support and energy, motivation, and consistency for you to stay the course and complete what it is you're setting out to do. Many times, transitioning here to lack of self-compassion, many times, you may have heard this before, we can be our worst critic. And in the absence of self-compassion, there's opportunity for us to undermine our pursuit. This is inadvertently done at a subconscious level because we've entered into a pattern where we don't meet certain expectations we have of ourselves, particularly if we're on the front end of this talk today, we've constructed these grandiose goals that are just too big, too lofty to even be considered doable. We don't do them, we don't achieve, then we'll begin to become very hard on ourselves. We'll say some things to ourselves that we won't even say to people we don't care for. This is a lack of self-compassion. Instead of behaving like that, being your worst critic, bringing these unrealistic expectations to a higher height such that you feel toxic on the inside, instead of doing all of that, you should be doing just the opposite. You should be encouraging yourself. Sometimes there's not going to be anybody around There won't be any support mechanism at that moment. And you got to look within, dig down deep, and encourage yourself. A negative self-perception is going to become a significant barrier that you won't be able to just press through very easily. If you think about the notion of creating a new pattern with this resolution, You're giving yourself all of this grief to the extent that now you've got negativity in your thinking. I don't think I have to tell you, but you've just set yourself up or an individual has set themselves up for a nasty fall. And it's going to be in the arena of a failed attempt on a resolution. We have to be on guard at all times because self-doubt desires to come in. And when self-doubt comes in, self-condemnation comes along with it. When that whole playbook starts to ruminate over and over in the mind, then you find yourself in a place where you're not feeling good about you, about your capabilities, 
it's another way that you find yourself in a position where you can't move forward or achieve your resolution. Become your best friend. Treat yourself with self-compassion. Then from there, transition immediately into mindfulness. All throughout this series, we've said over and over again that having mindfulness, a heightened state of awareness of why you're feeling the way you're feeling, or I'm feeling really good and now I don't, or I'm about to not. What just happened? What went on? What occurred? What was the thinking? What was the external trigger? What were the circumstances that I face that has made this situation escalate? Or why is my state about to change? Why is this behavior boiling up on the inside of me? Why do these old feelings that I didn't particularly enjoy bubble up? Mindfulness and self-awareness allow you to see that these things are taking place in your life. And when you can see them, you can do something about them on the spot before they have an opportunity to germinate and turn into something bigger. When we think about antidotes and things that we can do to overcome a lack of self-compassion, we said thus far, We can do the opposite. We can become our best friend. We can encourage ourselves. We can deploy mindfulness. We can also start to think about why is it that I can't be kind to myself? Why is it that I am so critical of myself? Why is it that I have such sharp commentary toward me? More often than not, if you go three to five levels deep on your why, you're going to find that it's going to take you right back to your childhood. If you're able to address the situation in your childhood by reframing it, what you'll find is there's a huge opportunity there for you to stop this behavior cold from that day moving forward. When you reframe You are looking at this situation not from the standpoint of what happened in the emotional quotient, the impact with which the emotion was registered. You're looking at it now going, I was a different person back then. I didn't have the same level of understanding about life that I have right now. And my most certainly was a different version of myself. You're going to give yourself forgiveness. You're going to issue others forgiveness, and then you're going to recolor that situation to create a set of circumstances that release you from it, whereby you go free without any of the residual pain and anguish that that thing created for you. When you find that you can do life being kind to yourself without dragging that bag that had all of that negative content in it that keeps coming forward every time you set out to do something and don't achieve it, your life is going to so escalate, it's going to go way beyond the accomplishment of this resolution or goal, and it's going to now have a tremendous impact in your day-to-day life with all of the people you love, lead, support, and interact with. 
you're just going to give off different vibes. You're going to be a different person. I strongly encourage you to take this on. Then as you're looking at opportunities to deploy self-compassion, what I also want you to think about is the things we talked about specifically within the unrealistic goal setting. We're going to do the opposite. We're going to limit the amount that we try to do. We're going to make these into bite-sized pieces, these goals, so that they're achievable, that we can build momentum and consistency. We're going to remain emotionally connected. We're going to anticipate crap happening. We're going to be prepared to pivot, and we're going to reward ourselves. Final thing that wraps around both of these is collaboration. If you can do these goals with another body of people, if you can do these goals with a BFF, if you can afford to have mentorship and a coach and you can share with your mentor or coach that you're going to be going down this path, all of these groupings can help you with accountability. And not only that, but they can also render aid in the time of need. Sometimes life can get very challenging, but if you got somebody, if you got a group, if you got a coach that you can do this stuff with, that can give you wise counsel to fast track your success by giving you the steps that are needed right now, you can go on a growth spurt that'll absolutely knock your socks off. Before we close, I just want to remind you that Understanding these dynamics in the other two episodes and the content that is contained therein for a grand total of six items that stand in the way of 90% of us not achieving our goals represents half of the battle. The second half of the battle is deploying the techniques that we've talked about so that You'll have a clear understanding of these, and if they should pop up in your life, you'll then have the tools necessary to make those things go away expeditiously. I wish each of you all of the best in your New Year's resolution pursuits, and I trust that this was helpful for you. I want to thank you for tuning in, and that concludes this episode. I always appreciate your time and your attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it, and you are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. And until next time, take care and be safe.